Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... It's going to be a difficult time. You're going to be in an environment where the Antichrist that literally is empowered by Satan is running the show. As much as you might feel today as Christians like, oh, the world is against us because they took prayer out of school. Can I tell you how dumb that is? When I think of all the kids, the things that kids do at school, you can't take prayer out of school because any kid at school that want to pray can pray. You don't need permission. We be whining about stuff like they kick prayer out of school. They, they, if, you, if my kids go to school and want to pray, they can pray. Our country's movement away from Christian values is certainly sad. But as Pastor Bill will point out in today's message, we're far from experiencing real persecution as Christians in this country. Things are going to move that direction around the world as we approach Christ's return for His church. But they can't stop us from believing in Him and practicing our faith. If you look at places in the world where Christianity is already illegal, you'll find vibrant followers of Jesus living out their faith in a very real way. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation, chapter 8, as he begins his message, Sanctified Silence. Look at chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, it says, When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about eight hours. If you guys remember in chapter 5, uh, there was a scroll with seven seals on the back, and no one was found worthy to loose the scroll or to open its seals. And then, then Jesus, the Lamb of God, was found. He was the one that was worthy. In chapter 6, as the seals began to be opened, each seal released a different judgment. And we went through six uh, of the seven seals. Chapter 7, there was a break, and we saw the 144,000 and an innumerable group in heaven. And now as we come to chapter 8, the seventh seal um, is being released. And it says, when it was opened, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. So I want to give us this first because we've learned a lot from chapters four and five and elsewhere. There is constant noise in heaven. What is the noise of heaven? Praises. And praises, right? We have the, you got the angels that it says 24 seven. They're saying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. So you got angels worshiping him. You got the 24 elders worshiping him. You got the, the saints worshiping him, that he was the lamb slain before the foundation. So everybody in heaven seems to be saying the same thing. They're giving glory to the one that's on the throne. That is the, that's the atmosphere of heaven. That's, those are the sounds of heaven. But now it says here, as this last seal is removed, all of a sudden, there's just a 30-minute pause, 30 minutes of silence. And I just want you to consider that in an, in an environment where there's noise going constantly, the silence is even more silent. Right. It's not like it was a quiet room and it's just like it would have a moment of silence. But imagine an environment where there's nonstop noise. You know, imagine being at a football game or in a coliseum or a stadium where, you know, there's this constant noise, noise. Imagine what five minutes of absolute silence would sound like in Staples Center. It would just be weird. It would be like, what, what happened? What went wrong? What's, what's going on? You know, it'd be eerie. So in heaven, there's just 30 minutes of silence. Why? Because uh, it doesn't really tell us why, but it tells us what. There's these 30 minutes of silence. I do believe that as we look at this, we'll see kind of wh why that was. What, was. what was transpiring here? We know there's 30 minutes of silence. Let's, let's pick up and we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. Look at verse 2. He says, And I saw seven, the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of angels being used in these heavenly scenes 
The angels are worshiping. The angels are going forth. Uh, and some of the times as God is sending out things to the earth, the angels are the ones carrying it out. Here, there's these seven angels that stand before the Lord, and they're given seven trumpets. Uh, we're going to see as we go, as, as each of the angels sounds his trumpet, there's going to be judgment that goes out on the earth. Verse 3 says this is another, this is not the, not the, they're not one of the seven angels, another of the same kind. Verse three, then another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that it should be offered with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar that was before the throne. Now, we looked at before how that the prayers of the saints were were kept in, in bowls in heaven. They were, they, were, they were the incense of heaven. Here it says, um, this angel had a censer and he was given much incense and he was offering the incense along with the prayers of all the saints. And it says, upon the golden altar, which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God and from the angels. And so this is what's important here that we don't miss it because these are the prayers of their believers on the earth that are experiencing tribulation. They're experiencing hardship. Um, it's going to be very difficult during the tribulation period to be on earth as a Christian. Even though they're people that get saved, are they able to buy and sell? No, because you got to take a mark in order to buy or sell. And so if your kids are hungry, if you're hungry, you can't make money and you can't spend money. It's going to be a difficult time. You're going to be in an environment where the Antichrist that literally is empowered by Satan is running the show. As much as you might feel today as Christians like, oh, the world is against us because they took prayer out of school. Can I tell you how dumb that is? When I think of all the kids, the things that kids do at school, you can't take prayer out of school because any kid in school that want to pray can pray. You don't need permission. We be whining about stuff like they kick prayer out of school. They, they, if, you, if my kids go to school and want to pray, they can pray. Because they do everything else they want to do. Amen. All right. So I don't, I don't believe you can really take prayer out of school. You can, you know, you can deny, you know, public uniform prayer, but you can't take prayer out of school. So anyway, um, but as we look at the, we think that things can be difficult or against us here. It, it'll be nothing compared to what it's like during this period of time where the church is removed. That, that, that restraining presence of the Holy Spirit in the church it is gone. The government, the world is, is orchestrated by one that's been empowered by Satan that is against Christ in every way. That's what's happening. There is there's literal persecution of Christians to the point of death. Um, can't buy, can't sell, whatever else that is going on. It'll be a difficult time. And so these believers are praying. We saw last week that they were praying. They were saying, God, when will you avenge us? And the Lord told them just a little while longer. Until everybody that's going to die and come to heaven, it dies and gets to heaven. It's just, just a little while longer. And so they're crying out and they're praying. Uh, God's answers are not immediate for them. And so as we see right here, there's this 30 minutes of silence where all the worship, all the noise, all the everything else in heaven is just paused. And this angel is coming and these, the prayers are being lifted up. They're being brought before God. I would take from this a reminder to you and I. I'm sure if I were alive during the tribulation period, I would be wanting, I want relief today when I pray. Amen. When I'm asking God, I'm like, God, just can you just do this now? I'm sure that these people are praying and they want God to do it now. Um, God is going to do it. It's just not immediate for them, but he's going to answer. And so 
Maybe there are things that you're praying. Maybe there are things that you're saying, God, would you do this? Would you intervene? Would you help in this way? Would you do this thing or that thing? And God is not always, I know in my reality, God, is, God rarely is, does what I want when I ask him to do it. So um, I always think it's funny, those people that, that, that claim that, you know, they could just call, you know, the, the, the faith people that, you know, I'm going to call those things that be not, I'm call something that be not. As though it were call call a BMW. Just make it happen right now. You you know that's not really a reality. And I'll be amazed at how silent they are when they get sick. How how they disappear when they're not in good health, you know? Um, it's a shameful thing because when, when I think of some of the word faith guys, when they get sick, they go into hiding. They don't want to be seen sick. If I get sick, y'all gonna know, right? So y'all can pray. Cause I yeah, that's I'm sick, you know. I, I had a friend that's word of faith and and um you know, he was sick. He was like obviously sick. He had snot in his nose and everything else. And I, I said, bro, you got a cold? No, no, I don't claim that. I'm dealing with some symptoms of a cold. I said, man, get out of here. That's this is so dumb. So you can't even pray right when you think like that. So these prayers have made their way up to God and he has heard. And even though he's not right when you want, right? Sometimes God's delay um, is purposeful. Uh, I think of uh, there's a man in the book of in, in the Luke in the Gospel of Luke, chapter one, uh, Zacharias, one of the priests there. He and his wife had wanted a child. His wife was barren, and they had prayed it. Obviously, they had been you know long time praying for a child, and God didn't do it when they were young. God didn't do it when they were asking, and in that, in that society it was it was seen as as a curse. If your wife was barren or something was wrong, it was seen as, as some kind of a curse, something, something you guys did wrong, some kind of sin. And so they lived under that stigma for all these years. And then one day, it was Zachariah's day to go serve in the temple. He went to go serve. And then the Lord, you know, the angel showed up and said, hey, God has heard your prayers. And I'm sure for him at that point, he was like, what prayer? It's been 30-some years. I mean, he, he probably hadn't prayed that prayer. And, and he, I, mean, I didn't know if he still wanted a kid at that age, you know, but... He had been praying that prayer a long time ago, and God said, look, I heard. I heard it when you prayed it, and, and today I'm answering that prayer. His response wasn't one of faith, and so what did God do to him? God said, you're going to be mute, and so he was mute. He left out the time of prayer, and they were like, they, he couldn't talk. Then when his wife was getting ready to have the baby, and they were going to name him another name, because um, they normally name the kid after the dad, but God told him to name him John, because he was going to be John the Baptist, the forerunner for Jesus. Um, he had to sign to them that it was okay to name him John. But God answered that prayer when it was time, when it was God's time and when God wanted to do it. So God's delays are, is God's prerogative. Something we have to, if you have faith enough to, to pray to God, we also have to have faith that says God knows what's best. And sometimes, you know, what we want God to do, God's like, that's, that's, not, that's not how I'm going to do it. Uh, that's not my will in this situation. And I don't, I can't, I can't even begin to understand that. I can, you know, you pray for one person to be healed and they're healed and they're lived. You pray for someone else to be healed and they, they die. And there's, I can't explain why, why here and why not there. Don't even pretend to have explanations for that. But as believers, we got to trust God that he knows best. Amen. That he knows what he's doing. And so here it says that verse four, the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So these prayers made their way up before the Lord. 
Um, I believe that's why there's this, that God gave the silence of heaven that he's, he's taken in these prayers. It's not like God needed to stop everything in order to hear their prayers, but he, he called, he, God let there be 30 minutes of silence in heaven because it's his prerogative and he wanted to. But he took on these prayers and he answered their prayers. Now, I don't think that the people on earth were praying for God to send some stuff back down to the earth. They were just praying for relief. They were praying for deliverance. They were praying for God to do something. And God, this is what God chooses to do after he takes up all their prayers. It says this, this censer was, it was basically thrown to the earth and it resulted in noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. And this sets in motion the, the trumpet judgments that are getting ready to go forth. Another point that I want to make here. I don't know that that's what they wanted God to do, but that's what God did in response. God is God is sending those that are punishing them, those that are persecuting them. They're getting ready to have their hands full as the people that are crying out. Their God is getting ready to respond. So imagine again that you're on the earth. You're a believer. You just got saved. You've escaped hell. But you're here during the tribulation period. You're being treated poorly. You're dealing with persecution. You can't buy or sell. You're praying to God to bring some kind of relief to do something. And then God hurls from heaven something down. And there's noises and lightnings and thunderings and earthquakes. That is a, that's directly affecting those that are attacking you. Um, then there's going to be trumpets that start rolling out. The trumpet judgments are going to affect those that are doing this to, to his people. And so... It won't stop at all. They still going to die for their faith. But God is I mean, I would imagine if I were on the earth as a, you know, I was sealed by God and I saw what was happening to the non-believers. I would I would at least feel like, you know, like some kind of exonerated, like, you know, God heard, you know, some I feel something, you know. So God is answering. God is responding. They still they're still going to die. They still got to get to heaven some some kind of way, but they're not not being heard. God's not doing anything just and that's something for us just because God doesn't answer in the way that we want doesn't mean that God didn't hear and he didn't answer. Um, I can think of a lot of prayers that God didn't do what I wanted, uh, didn't even answer it the way I had wanted. But um, as time goes by, I see that God, God always knows what he's doing. So picking up at verse seven, the first angel sounded. We're going to look. We'll see the first uh, four of the trumpet judgments in this chapter. So. The first angel sounded and it says, and hell and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth. And a third of the trees were burned up and all green grass burned up. So with each of the trumpet judgments, it's, it's, we'll see something that happens and then there'll be a, a, you know, a, a direct you know, impact. So in this case, there was hell mingled with blood that was thrown to the earth. The result was that a third of the trees burned up in all green grass. That's what happens on the earth. Now, there are people that like to argue that the stuff we're looking at in Revelation, the tribulation period, that some of these things, there are people that, oh, this stuff happened before. And it couldn't have because we can study history and find there's never been a time in the world where these things happen. These things aren't happening in one state or one area. This is not a tsunami that happens in one country. These things are happening worldwide. Everybody's tasting this. Everybody's experiencing this. So a third of the trees, we've never had something happen where a third of the trees are gone and then all green grass burned up. So I just want y'all to think with me. If all green grass burned up, how would that impact the world in which we live? Animals can't graze. There won't be no more hamburgers. 
Right. I mean, you, that, that, that means this, whatever eats grass, whatever lives off of green grass, all green grass burned up. So we'll be impacted in that way. So that's never happened before. But that God, that's God saying, look, I'm, I'm little by little pouring out my wrath and pouring out my judgment on the earth. People that are living here now that are maybe they're wealthy. Maybe they got they, we, we think that they have everything. God is saying, look, in this period, when I when I when I pour out my wrath, God's just going to start taking things back that, that people you, you haven't even honored God for. You didn't even give him credit for it. You didn't even thank him for it. And God's just going to take some of that back. If a third of the trees go, what do trees do for the environment? Boxing, you're gonna, you won't be breathing as good. You know, so he's just taking back a little bit here and a little bit, bit there. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Whereas, look, for the Christian, no matter what your life is like today, we have a hope beyond this life. Amen. So for the believer, no matter what it's like today, there's a hope that says this is not it for us. So even if it's going bad for the Apostle Paul, when he was being beaten and terrorized and all these things. And he said in Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed. Paul said, no, no matter what's going on here, it don't even compare with where I'm going and what I have to look forward to. Amen. That's the hope of every Christian, even the even the people that are here during the tribulation period where it's as bleak as it's ever been. They're going to end up in heaven with robes that are washed in the blood and they'll get to be in the same heaven that you and I get to go into. Even that they got saved at the last, 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 they go to the same heaven. That, that's always been amazing to me about God's grace, his mercy, that somebody can walk with the Lord for 80 years and somebody can get saved eight minutes before they die and we go to the same heaven, same heaven. I did a, I did a funeral one time. It was a, a girl's dad died and the the dad had cheated on her mom, and so the marriage broke up. But mom was a Christian and was still trying to witness to dad. And they invited me to the hospital. This guy had had some kind of disease that he was going to die of. And he ended up giving his life to the Lord at the hospital. The mom was there every day ministering to him, reading the Bible to him. But he literally got saved two weeks before he died. And then he died. And at his funeral, I shared the, the story where there were some work. Jesus had workers. It was, it was a master and some workers came at the beginning of the day and they said, well, you know, we, we'll, we'll work. And he said, well, I'll, I'll pay you this much for the day. And they said, cool. Some people came at noon and he let them come work and and they went. Some people came at the very last hour of the day, only worked one hour. And so when it was time to pay, he lined up the people that came last first. The people that worked the hour, he paid them the same amount that he told the people that came first thing in the morning. So the people that were there first thing in the morning was like, oh, we, we, we must get in a raise, you know, because he gave them what we thought we was getting. But everybody got the exact same amount. And so the people that worked all day were like, that's not fair. And the master said, look, I, I gave you what we agreed to. That, that's, it's, 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 don't be mad at me because I was gracious to those that came at the last. And the people that came at the last hour got the same thing that those that worked all day. I'm not mad at that. Right. I'm glad that somebody can get saved on a deathbed. I'm glad that somebody who someone sold the gospel and ministered to them and they have that moment before they die that they can turn to Christ and be forgiven. Um, I think that we should be grateful because, I mean, I, I don't want to be in that predicament, but I'm glad for those that are that God is still listening. Amen. And so um, here God is letting the, or he's letting the earth know and the inhabitants of the earth know that I, I'm the Lord. And he's taking things away. Um, it gets worse from here. In verse eight, it says the second angel sounded 
and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. So it wasn't a great mountain, but something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. Here's the result. A third of the sea became blood and a third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. So again, imagine what that would do to the world in which we live. If a third of the salt water was turned into blood, a third of the animals in the water died and a third of the ships you know, were destroyed, that would impact our, you know, all the people that boats that go back and forth carrying stuff. Um, people that live off of what's in the ocean uh, would be significantly impacted. So we got grass animals gone. Um, now the fish is getting are getting messed with. Um, the third one, it impacts the freshwater. Look at verse 10. Then the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. So these are our freshwater sources. The name of the star was Wormwood. And Wormwood is just a very bitter uh, substance. And a third of the waters became Wormwood. And many of the men died from the water because it was made bitter. So now a third of the waters are made undrinkable to where people are drinking them and dying. A third of the fresh water um, is, is, is taken away. And again, I want you just to imagine those that have been self-sufficient because if you're rich during this time, your money can't buy fresh water if God turns it all bad. Amen. There's, there's a point at which God says, look, that which you trusted in, that which you made God is, is not going to be relevant. It's, gonna, it's, it's not going to matter anymore. It won't matter how, it won't matter how much you have or possess if the, the grass is gone. The, the salt water is, is blood. The fresh water is, is deadly. The things that people have looked to instead of looking to the Lord, the things that people have, have worshipped, the things that have kept people from coming to God, that they've trusted in, that they've relied on. God says, look, I'm just removing each thing. Now, you would think that as these things happen, that the inhabitants of the earth would say, man, God is not playing with us. How many guys read this and think that, that if, you, if you happen to be here, you would finally go ahead and get saved? That's what I think, right? And, and there are people that do get saved, but we're going to see as we keep going that people are going to actually end up being mad at God. As these, because this is just the beginning, it gets much worse from here. As these judgments keep pouring out on the earth, um, we're going to find out in a little while, that not, not today, but in, in, a, in the chapters to come, that the inhabitants of the earth actually shake their, I mean, they actually raise their fist. They shake their fist at God. They get ticked off at God rather than saying, God, I'm sorry. We, have mercy on me. Forgive me. Seal me, too. You know, um, they get mad at God. Now, for you guys that come here um, on a regular basis, I talk about this often. Is it ever OK to get mad at God? No. Why? One, he doesn't owe you anything. God owes nobody. He doesn't owe anybody here anything. Your greatest need and my greatest need is we need our sins forgiven. That is the big in this room, every human being in this room, no matter what you thought your problem is or your problem was, our biggest problem is that we have sinned and fallen short of his glory. And if we die in our sins, we will die separated from God and go to hell. Amen. That is our biggest issue. Cancer can't be your biggest issue. A lack of a job, a jacked up marriage, being single longer than you want to be single. You know, whatever. None of those are your biggest issue. That's your biggest issue. And God and his mercy took care of that for you. He went to the cross and he took my sins and your sins upon himself. He died in our place. Just did that. He just did that for you. Then 
He called people from, from the time he did it till now, he sent people into the world to carry that message that you would hear. Think about how you got saved. Think about how you heard the message. Think about whatever God had to do in your life to get you to where you are today if you know the Lord already. We're so glad you've joined us today here on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Revelation can seem like a long book to work through, but it's all in the attitude you approach it. If you look at it as something amazing and inspiring that God has gifted to you to understand Him better, it helps you see everything with a different lens. Revelation is cool. It's a mashup of all the best elements of a sci-fi movie. But in reality, it will bring an amazing resolution to all that's wrong in the world. Isn't that what we all want? Look at the book of Revelation with appreciation of who God is and that He's the one in control. If you'd like to listen to more teachings in Revelation, go to calvaryinglewood.org. If you're wanting to connect with someone more personally about this ministry, go ahead and call or text us at 310-245-4811. We'd love to encourage you as you're seeking God for wisdom, insight, and understanding. So please pick up that phone and dial or text 310-245-4811. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood, in Inglewood, California. Our time with you today is about up, but we encourage you to keep reading and studying this fascinating final book of the Bible. We're so grateful you took the time to listen today, and Pastor Bill will be back with more next time in the book of Revelation. Until then... Remember who God has created you to be in this broken and fallen world. Don't lose heart and stay connected to a transforming word.